Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. This is a joyous time. You know, we, we, we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, but there had to be a birth before he could get to a death burial and resurrection so we rejoice over the birth and we rejoice over the resurrection the death burial and resurrection so it all goes together of course us today landmark we rejoice year long for this great salvation that the lord has given us amen thank the lord for that praise god it's good to have a chance with us here today lord bless and God bless him today. It's also good to have uh, Brother Dale and Sister Joy with us. Lord bless you on Christmas Day. Amen. It's always good to see them. God bless you. And uh, today we're going to go into the Word. And I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, and then also... Um, I tell you what, let's just, let's just read verse 10 of chapter 2, and then I'll go in and read some other verses here. So let's go to verse 10 of chapter 2, verse 10. And at the end of the service, um, I, I, I'm real reluctant to say I'm not going to take very long, <laughs> but I'm going to try my best. I'm going to do my best. But this is a time to rejoice in the word also rejoicing in the Lord. But uh, at the end of the message today, we will have communion. And again, when we consider uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, we also consider the birth, which is all connected together. The great sacrifice that the Lord made for us, uh, what a beautiful thing that it is. And we rejoice every day over that. But in the communion, uh, we will... We will have that here today, and it is to remember, of course, the blood that he shed and the body that he sacrificed, and what a great sacrifice that he made for us because he loves us, because he cares for us, not just us, but all of his creation, everybody, everybody in this world, even people that don't feel like that he cares about them. He cares for them, so thank the Lord for that. Matthew chapter 2, verse 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And I want to preach to you on this subject, the star still shines. The star still shines. God bless you. Turn to someone next to you. Tell them Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Amen. Merry Christmas. And then you may be seated. Amen. 
God bless you. I'm going to go up to uh, verse 1 and read down verse 2 and then verse 9 to verse 11 to get the whole understanding of this story. It's talking about wise men that were seeking this uh, star because they knew the star represented the Lord. So it says here in Matthew 2, 1 and 2, it reads, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Then skipping down to verse 9 and 10 and 11, it says, And when they had heard the king, they departed. Now the king, talking about this point, was the king Herod that was over that area. When they heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. So the story goes, that, and I've heard a lot of various things. I know for years tradition has said that there was three wise men. Uh, I'm understanding that there is not a specific, that there's three, but it kind of connects with tradition that there were three gifts that were given, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So they reference it with three wise men. Now, I know that the magi, the wise men, they traveled in groups and... Um, large groups, and, um, but it does not say specifically that there were three wise men. So um, I know that they were looking at the prophetic word of the Old Testament and referring to uh, the scriptures that talks about that there's going to be one that will be born in, and of course we know as Bethlehem. I, we, we spent two or three nights in Bethlehem. Bethlehem wasn't a big City. It's a little bigger now. It's expanded. It's grown. It's right on the edge of uh, the wall that they build up for security to get into Jerusalem. So there is kind of a separation there because of terrorism, and it's it's a tragedy in that sense that we can't join together in rejoicing together over Christ. But I realize there's a lot of different philosophies. There's a lot of different religious beliefs. A lot of different things that goes along with this, but what, what we have to do is go by the word of the Lord. Uh, the word of the Lord is truth. Truth will lead us in the right direction. Um, but yet, I, and today, as we talk about wise men, I do want to say uh, thank you to all of you for being here on this Christmas morning. I know it was a sacrifice. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, the the warm house and getting out and the cold. It was a sacrifice driving to the church and all the things that we do traditionally for Christmas. But really what it comes down to, as Brother Timothy said, Christmas is about Christ, really. It comes down to that. 
So we're celebrating here today, but I want to say a big thank you to the sacrifice that you've made to be here today. And I don't know, I just got to think about this. We do, as we look at the sacrifice that's been given, we really have to think about the wise men that sacrificed to how many miles to travel by camel? How many came by camel here today in the cold? How many traveled uh, uh, with all of the things that they carried, the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh and the traveling party and trying to follow the star and trying to overcome the obstacles and go through the desert and talking about sacrifice. That was sacrifice. So we come today and, and, and sacrificing because we came to give thanks and praise and worship to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. God in flesh, showing us, as Brother Painter said, the sunness. Uh, what a beautiful lesson that was. But the wise men sacrificed to just worship the Lord. The Bible does say that to worship the Lord, it is a sacrifice. We offer our sacrifices to the Lord. We give him praise, we give him thanks. And uh, it does talk about that in the book of, I believe it's the book of Hebrews, the sacrifice of praise. So, when we look at this story, they were actually following a star. They were, there was a star in the sky, and I got to looking up what actually makes stars. You know, we look up in the sky and we see all of these stars, but what really makes stars? I looked it up in online to see what makes up a star, and I'm going to read it here. A star is born when atoms of light elements are squeezed under enough pressure for their uh, nuclei to undergo fusion. All the stars are the result of a balance of forces, the force of gravity, compressions, atoms, and interstellar gas until the fusion reacts and it begins. Now, I read that fast because you won't understand it, and I didn't understand it, even if I read it slow. I read it three times. I still don't understand what it means. So I figure we might as well just kind of Go on past that and figure out that, hey, we don't know what creates stars. But I did come across this. Uh, stars are made of the same stuff as the rest of the, of the universe. Uh, it says that 73% uh, is hydrogen and 25% is helium, and the last 2% is all the other elements. That makes more sense. Still don't understand it, but it does make a little bit more sense to me. You got hydrogen, I can understand that. You got helium, I can understand that. Comets, they've even attached to comets. I preached a message that's been a few years ago about them attaching a, a uh, rocket to and, and tethering off of a comet, and they found that it was a big ball of ice uh, and collecting of dust and debris in the space and collected to it, flying across the space and uh, that's what it showed. They, they were trying to figure out what actually a comet is made of. It's an amazing uh, story. I can't remember what they, they called it, but they shipped, they sent off this rocket 10 years ahead of time to rendezvous with a comet and meet it and tether off of it. It hit, bounced off, they came back on it, tied into it, took samples, sent it back to Earth, and now they know a little bit more about a comet. So, you see, stars is they're an estimated to be around 100 billion to 400 billion stars in this 
universe. I know that's a broad spectrum, but a lot of times, you know, it's really hard to sit and count 100 to 100 to 400 billion stars. Uh, and you can't get them counted in the nighttime in one night, so then the day comes and then you don't see them. You've got to wait till the night. And then you've got to recount. So I can understand why it would be the possibility of 100 billion to 400 billion. To me, I just think they just don't know. Because I don't know. But we just know there's a lot. And when we think about it, how many times have we went out, we, me and my sons years ago, we had a trampoline in the backyard and we'd go out and after jumping on it and about breaking our necks, we would lay on it and look up to the stars and we'd tell stories and talk about and view the stars. I don't know if Timothy and Titus remember that. Mike, I, I don't remember if he remembered that or not, but we would talk about and view the stars. I, I remember in, um, in, the, in the desert in Jordan, uh, when we were in Israel, we went out to the desert. What a beautiful view of the stars. It was quiet. You know, there was not lights around, but it was just a beautiful, beautiful view of the stars. You could see them so clearly. Uh, but how many times we looked up into the night sky and observed the twinkling lights from above of stars, of stars, billions, billions, billions of stars. But out of those stars, there was one that had great significance of however many it is, 100, 100 billion, 400 billion. There was one that had such a specific importance to all of mankind. And that was the Lord's star. The Lord's star. Everything about Jesus is unique and glorious. Everybody, everything about him, it, it's different than everything else. The life that we live for the Lord and the experience we have in God, it is different than any other experience on earth. Everything, there's a lot of things in life and, and the enemy, the devil wants to present substitutes for the true things that really bring meaning to our life. He's always trying to substitute something for salvation. He's trying to substitute something for repentance. He's trying to substitute something for baptism. Uh, he's trying to substitute something for the Spirit of God. And a lot of his substitutions are, are habits and, and uh, uh, struggles of alcohol and drugs and, and uh, uh, bad lifestyles and bad choices and trying to bring happiness through things that are only fun for a season that the Bible says, but then there's an end to it. But yet God has things that mean something of great uniqueness and gloriousness and importance that last forever. His star is different than every other star. And when we look at this, there's no wonder that the wise men, uh, when they saw the star, that they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. The reason is, is because the wise men knew what the star represented to them and to the world. Many today don't realize what the, the, the light, the impact of the light and the star that the Lord has that even still shines today upon us. They, they don't have the, 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 the full realization that it means something about their life. It means something great for their family. It means something great for those around them, their friends, and also something great for their future. 
the Lord's star was a unique star. Everyone on earth at that time had the same opportunity to look at the same star that the wise men looked at and to be able to take that same opportunity and be able to, to see it and follow it. But there was, a, there was a smaller group that saw it and followed it. Probably a lot of them saw it, but not everybody followed it. You see, it was there available for everybody, that unique star that the Lord had shined. The star shined through the darkness. And it still shines through the darkness of this world, whether it's nighttime or daytime. His light, his star, his, it, it still shines upon all of us. And we all have the opportunity to see it and also have the opportunity to follow it. You see, in the Bible, uh, it, it talks about when you look at the meanings of some of these words of, of the star and the wise men following the star, the, the words of came to rest mean literally came and stood. So evidently, it, it means that the star itself moved to guide the Magi. The star was revealed to the wise men at the location where they were to guide them to Jesus and where he was laying in a manger and born. Now, I know there's a lot of different thought there that it was years later, maybe a year later or two years later when Jesus actually was born, but they were coming to worship. That star was still shining. That star was still shining, but the star shined wherever they were at. It shined out where they were at. I don't know exactly where they came from. Probably It says they came from the east, but yet... When we look at this, we're at in the east. I know they traveled a long way to get to where Jesus was at. But that star shined to them where they were at in life at that time. The same thing happens to us today. He shines to where we're at. He even shines to us in the times of difficulty. He shines to us when we're in the lowest point of our life. He shines upon us. He, he shines forth to us wherever we're at, whatever situation we're in. We might feel like that we're in the depths of the darkest time of our life, but his light still shines upon us. It was revealed to the wise men at whatever location and whatever they were going through at that time to guide them to Jesus. His light still shines to guide us to Jesus. The Lord will shine his light on all of us, on you, on me, wherever you're at in life, to guide you to a place of deliverance, to guide you to a place of victory, to guide you a place, to a place where he could take you in and, and show you love and mercy and grace. It's still shining today. You see, um, we, we, we see here in this story three different responses to Jesus. One may say that all people respond in, in one of these three ways, and there could even be more responses to the star and to Jesus, but we find that Herod displayed an open hatred and hostility toward Jesus. For one thing, he, he desired to kill this baby Jesus because he was fearful that another king would come up and take his position. He loved power. He loved that strength. 
But he had a fear of another king, and he wanted to kill him. That was his response to this star and to Jesus. The chief priests and the scribes were very indifferent toward Jesus, um, all the while retaining their religious respectability in their thoughts. They were against Jesus, although they had studied the Old Testament and the prophecies that Jesus is going to come, and he'll come in a small town of Bethlehem. They, they understood that. They were looking for the Messiah, but they allowed this Messiah to pass them by. They thought of their religious stance was right, but they missed Jesus, and they looked down upon Jesus. But then the wise men, the wise men sought out Jesus and worshipped him, even at a great cost and sacrifice of their lives. You see, in the book of 2 Peter 1 and 19, lift, listen to what it says here in this, in this scripture. It says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. We're talking about a God that is the day star of our lives. His light still shines. Every, every day his light is shining, trying to direct us to a place with him. It still shines. We just got to keep our focus. The, the star is not what we worship. God is the one we worship. It's just that the star was shining forth to lead them to a greater place. The reason why the wise men uh, uh, ex were excited with great joy was because they understood what that star meant. That if I follow the star, I will find the one that will deliver this world, the one that will give us hope. That bright light to guide them to salvation and eternity with him. They knew that because they stood on the prophecies. There is nothing that will bring greater joy to our lives than following the light and finding Jesus, not just for one day, one week, one month, one year, but following Jesus to where we could live a life walking in the glory and the power of the Lord. The wise men rejoice with, not just with joy, but they, they rejoice with exceeding great joy because they knew what this star was going to lead them to and what it represented. Many walk the path of life with no true joy. But if we follow the light to Jesus, we're going to find true joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. God, God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto my pathway. His word can lead me to a place of repentance. His word can lead me, if I just have faith in the word, it can lead me to a place of washing away my sins in a watery grave of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. It can lead me to a place of a powerful experience in the Holy Ghost, that resurrecting power. It can give me strength. It can give me victory. It can give me hope. It can give me grace. It can give me joy like I cannot find in the things of this world. It's a greater joy. Everything God has is unique and glorious, greater than what we can find on our own. We can't save ourselves, but Jesus can save us.
When they had opened, these wise men had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There are various representations of these gifts that they offered to him. Uh, it was common, especially in the East, that one would never appear before royalty or a person of importance without bringing gifts, without bringing gifts. So considering who these wise men believed the young child was to be, evidently they looked at him as royalty, as a king, king of kings, lord of lords. It's not surprising that they gave such lavish gifts of, of, of gold, which speaks of royalty, gold. Incense, of frankincense, speaks of divinity. Myrrh, and it's interesting that myrrh speaks of death. A baby just born, but yet the birth had to take place because it also represented a death on the cross, a sacrifice that would be made. Gold, frankincense, myrrh, royalty, divinity, death. It was a representation of the gifts that they gave to the Lord, and it was a great sacrifice. The things that they gave to Jesus, of course, Jesus being an infant, he, he was not able to use those. But it was a help to his family when they had to go to Egypt. It was a help for them when they came back from Egypt and the travels and the things they had to do. You see, when you give to the Lord, you're giving to him, but you're also giving to his church, his body. His, it, it's a sacrifice. But the greatest gift that we could give to the Lord is for us to lay down our lives, not just for one day, one moment's time, but to lay down our life for the rest of our lives. It's the greatest gift that we could give to the Lord, and we offer it to Him in our praise and worship. You see, worship is not just here at the house of God. That is a very important part of it. But our worship goes beyond that. Our worship goes into a life of giving to the Lord of our life, our, our, our commitment to Him, our decisions, our, our faith in Him, our belief in Him, our commitment of sacrifice, our, our coming to the house of the Lord and worshiping Him and praising Him, and not just in the house of God, but worshiping Him in my life every day, on the job, in the store, at school, or wherever I'm at, that I walk a life of worship. It's an everyday event. It's not just for the house of God. It is for the house of God, but it's not just for the house of God. It's when we leave the house of God also. I'm offering gifts unto the Lord of my sacrifice for him, of my commitment to him, that I love you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to be obedient to your word. The Bible says if you love him, you'll keep his commandments. But I want to walk after that light, that light that comes forth from the Lord. The greatest star of all, the Lord. And they fell down and worshipped him. More important uh, than their gifts is the fact that they worshipped Jesus. You see, we should learn from the wisdom of these wise men. They were not satisfied with looking at a star and just admiring it. 
they did something about that star and they set out and followed it. We could also learn from the wise men that they persevered in their search and following after the star. Also that they were not discouraged in the search for, uh, for after the star or finding Jesus. And they were not discouraged by the obstacles and maybe people's comments that would hold them back from that. They persevered. They rejoiced at the star with exceeding great joy because they knew what it represented. When they arrived at the destination the star led them to, they entered in. They didn't just stand outside. They entered in and engaged in that presence of the Lord. When they entered in, they worshipped him. They sensed an urgency to worship him now and not wait till later. It's today. He deserves worship today. Matter of fact, when we've talked about this at times, there's times that we might not feel, maybe we're not feeling well, or we might not feel worthy of worshiping, but that doesn't change his worth. He's worthy of worship no matter how we feel, how we, what we're going through, what we're, our situation is. And at the times of the darkest times, it's a beautiful time to worship because I know that worship as a testimony in my own life, and I know in your own life, I know that it is an event in our lives when we worship. That's how you overcome the battles of life. That is exactly how you overcome. I know many times I've walked into the house of the Lord through the years. I received the Holy Ghost in 1977, a long time ago, but I walked, every time I walk into the house of the Lord, if I feel down or the pressures are, of life are upon me and I feel like that everything is just scattered and, and nothing seems to be going right, I come to the house of the Lord and I begin to worship and I feel the joy of the Lord again and it gives me a new perspective. It gives me a new desire. I love the house of God. God, I, I, I love it because this is where I worship the Lord. I worship the Lord outside of this house too. But I take what I receive here and take it beyond these walls. Worship is not just contained in this building. It's an everyday life style of worship. And we can learn some things from the wise men they didn't let obstacles get in, in their way. They didn't let the sand dunes and the desert get in their way to finding Jesus. They didn't let words of discouragement, of why are you doing this? Why you could take the gifts and use them for a good purpose? Why are you just going through all of this sacrifice and all of this pain and suffering to do that? Because they understood the beauty and importance of worshiping the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. They sensed an urgency to worship him now and not wait till later. And when they worshiped, it was to give something, not empty-handed adoration, but to give something to him. And I know that we might not have the gold to give and we might not have the frankincense or the myrrh to give but we have ourselves and that is the greatest gift that we could give to the Lord <laughs> to give of our heart our mind our soul our life committed into the hands of the almighty God and what joy comes to his life when we give 
of our worship unto him. So when you see the star of the Lord, rejoice with exceeding great joy. Because when you see the light of the Lord, you've got to understand what it represents. I'll tell you what, it, and this is just a few things. that We could go on and on. We could hear people talk about what it actually re represents here. What, what seeing the star and following the Lord means, it means hope. Not just for us, but for our world. It means eternity with him. What a joy that is. It means forgiveness and salvation from our trespasses and our sins. It means grace and mercy. It means peace in a world that is lacking peace. There's a peace in the heart of the children of God that worship him. The joy of the Lord is my strength and happiness that only comes from him. All these things and even more healing, miracles, deliverance, family of God, the church that we lean on and friends that we lean on and pray together, worship together and, and are here for one another and strengthening and lifting each other up. What blessings. And that, that list is so short compared to what it really all means to worship the Lord, the King of kings and Lord of lords and follow the light that leads us to him. It's still shining today. And in Revelation 22, as I close, Revelation 22 and 16 says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root I am the root. And don't let anybody tell you any otherwise. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. The Lord is the star that leads us to where he is. He is the star. There's a lot of people following stars today. What people call stars but there's no star like Jesus. Hmm. It gives you hope. It gives you strength. It gives you blessings. And as we grow, I know in 1977 when I received the Holy Ghost for the first time, it was a glorious experience. But from that time, matter of fact, it was in February. It was the last part of February. It was like 27th, 28th of February. What a beautiful experience it was. But from that point till now, I've grown so much more appreciation for God than I ever have. Because I've seen him come through with things in my life that I needed help with, that I couldn't do it on my own, and I, I rejoice in him. I've followed that star. I will continue to follow that star to find Jesus, the light, but here's the thing. I remember making a commitment to the Lord when I first received the Holy Ghost and I was baptized. And I made a commitment. I said, Lord, I'm going all the way. I'm not stopping. I'm going to go all the way. I'm going to keep following you. I'm going to keep believing. In those several, several years, there's been a lot of obstacles. There's been a lot of ups and downs. It's, it's just the way it is with life, with all of us. It's not... Everything just automatically just goes perfect. 
But what it means here is it means he's here to help us keep following the light that is shining today to lead you to him. The light is shining forth from him. I don't know what kind of light and star that was. I don't know what kind of, I don't know if it was a meteorite. I don't know exactly what it was. I don't know if it was made up of hydrogen and helium and 2% whatever else. I don't know exactly what it was, but I do know this. It led them to the Lord. And today that light is still shining. And it's ours. It's ours. I'd like for us to stand here today. And I want us to, as we, as we consider that star, following the star, coming to the Lord, we celebrate the birth, but we also celebrate the sacrifice, the death on the cross, and the commitment that he made for us. And we need to make a commitment to him continually. We've got to go back and make recommitments. Recommit to him. Walk with him, serve him. But we're going to take communion here today in remembrance of his death upon the cross and his body and his blood that he gave for us so that we can have blessing in our lives. But I want us to, uh, I want us to understand the scriptures here today. Understand the scriptures. It says here, of course, and we're going to pray we're going to pray as they're passing this out. I don't want you to, to partake of it just yet. We're going to do it all together. But I want to give you some scriptures. And we're going to have a 